Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Lewis. Welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast where we interview underground hip-hop artists from across Canada, draw some spotlight on the scene, and discover some new personal favorites. Today's episode features Isaac Zale. Isaac Zale, man, what can I say? It's interesting to hear this chat with an artist whose music plays on rotation in my brain, uninvited but more than welcome. There's just something so genuine about this dude that I'm going to keep this intro short and just let you get right to it. Something a little different we uh, did that should be noted is that we went three rounds recording rather than the usual two, so maybe I'll drop an anecdote or something during the intermission. But uh, here's Isaac Zale. What is up, everyone? I'm here with Isaac Zale. Isaac Zale, how you doing, brother? Good, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. So you're you're an artist born and uh, currently residing in Vancouver, BC. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born Don't. here, um, moved to Toronto for a bit, and then I moved back. Moved to Toronto? Was that for a, a music move? Yeah, it was, yeah. Why'd you uh, bounce back and forth then? Uh, well, I moved there. I stayed there for uh, a year and a bit, almost two. And then... Um, I just got lonely, honestly. I did what I had to do there, and I had my family here. I had my girlfriend here, so I didn't really want to stay there too long. Okay, interesting, man. That's totally fair. You you went over there to pursue something specific in music, in music, or was it just kind of like a natural move? No, I did. I went there to actually pursue it because I guess in Canada, especially at the time, um, Toronto was kind of the place to be to get your foot yeah. in the door. I'd almost say so to this day, just because there's yeah. a lot of more well-known artists out of that area. Yeah, yeah, just the infrastructure is a bit better there. There um, you go. That's the word, the infrastructure. Yeah, it's better. It's, it's it's getting it's getting better in Vancouver, but still, like relatively speaking, it's nothing compared to Toronto. Understandable, man, for sure. From what I can see, your earliest releases here are from 2017. But the way you put out music, man, and the way you already seem as skilled as you are at that time, I can tell that's not when you first started doing music. <laughs> Yeah, I started when I was like, I started writing when I was 11. I started probably like recording when I was 12. Oh, damn. I just, I just went to like a Walmart and got a little USB mic and then just started recording. Just writing like hip hop at 11? Yeah, yeah. I was writing raps and stuff. That's crazy, dude. So you yeah. essentially have just been working on this specific skill. W- would you say that you're, there's some influence from that time that you take it that or would be uh, kind of resemblant to your stuff today? I or is it completely not. you hope not <laughs> i really hope not <laughs> well man if, if you're so young but you, do you know what i mean yeah. like if there yeah. if there's some like had you had started when you were 15 instead you know what i mean if you there would have been a difference you know what i would say i i if anything i take from that it would be kind of the mindset and like the drive because for sure i just remember i was really hungry like at that at that age i was like oh shit like i want i want to do this i'm gonna start this now i'm gonna be proactive and i think if anything the only thing that's kind of stayed the same would be my mindset and my, my work ethic. For sure. Interesting, man. What other career choices did you have at that age? Or was it just like, I'm going to do music or nothing uh, At the time, at the time, I, I wanted to get into, um, like... Even along the way, man, I'm sure you've had a couple of plan Bs that you're like, ah, if music doesn't work out, I'll do yeah. this. Well, I actually went uh, two years, no, not two years. I went one year uh, university at SFU studying um, kinesiology. Okay. Because I wanted to do something with, like, fitness and health or, like, the endocrine system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, in my first year of university, I, I started, I guess, posting songs on SoundCloud. And they started doing pretty well. And the second I saw that happening, that's when I, I, I kind of realized. I was like, okay, I, I have to make the move. I have to capitalize on this because there's something here. And if I if I ignore it, then then, you know, 
I'll always wonder, oh, what if I nurtured that? What if I like honed in on my craft and made something out of it? For sure, man. And that almost seems like without a doubt, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll regret this if I don't do it. So might as well make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of that like practice, whatever training you had between when you were 11 and then this point, you're like, all right, it, it actually can can gain some traction. So I need to need to need to. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Sick, man. OK, yeah, so that's... how come how come it took until 2017 that you started releasing or that I can even find music that you've been releasing? I'm sure you probably pissed them off before. Like, you're that's funny because on, on. Oh, you're looking at my SoundCloud. I, w- I was looking kind of everywhere I could find. Yeah, because I, I did my best to to get rid of all of that. Make sure <laughs> nobody could ever find it. Bury it in other internet searches. <laughs> yeah, yo. Like I on Spotify, like the 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 furthest you could find for me is 2019. Like that's yeah, weird. That's but I've been dropping music. Like so I used to do this thing on YouTube um, when I was young, where every Friday I would drop a song or like a remix or something. Hey, and okay. I did that for about. I don't even know, maybe five, six years. Jeez. And then after almost, that. Almost weekly or actually every week? Actually weekly. Like Damn, actually dude. every week. And the reason I did that was more so because I wanted to get good at mix, mixing and mastering. And For sure. So I, I used that kind of like a trial run or like, um, I guess like like a practicum. In yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. You know, in the way that I forced myself to to release something every Friday, whether it, whether it be good or not. But I did it more for... Um, like honing my, my work ethic, honing my diligence and my engineering skills. Cause that was always the hardest part for me. Cause I do all of that myself. Yeah. So it got to a point where like the writing and the performing of the raps and, and this, and the singing wasn't necessarily um, the biggest stressor for me. And it, it moved to like the engineering, like the mixing of the song, the mastering of, course, of the song. Yeah. So I, I, I knew that the way for me to, to truly get good at that is just kind of like, you know, put my hand in the fire, do it. Word, bro. I love that. Especially because it's one of those talents, just as, as with any art, you just develop it as you, uh, yeah, yeah. you don't really learn what next steps you take until you take the first steps really. Yeah. Like I, knew, steps. yeah. I knew that, especially in this industry, the, the, the thing to do is, is the 10,000 hours. Like you need oh, for that. Sure. Yeah. And you got to master it. Yeah. I knew as I was making those songs that they would not be in my catalog forever, but I knew mm-hmm. that they were, they were important and they were necessary in order for me to, to get that 10,000 hours so that when I did turn 18 or 19 or 20, I would have the skill set to actually be able to make records I'd be proud of and, and leave them out for like my whole career. Do you think it was an important step to actually creating those tracks to the point of releasing them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what about uh, the responses that you get from each piece? Whereas, were the responses kind of important to your growth and development as well? Did you key into those? Or yeah, well, at the end of the day, I, I kind of understood the sound that I wanted and like what I liked. And yeah. for for the most part, like those were the those were the I guess the pieces that really built my fan base for me. Like they would see me rapping or freestyling or whatever yeah. over these songs and just, just dropping. Hustling. Yeah, and that actually is what kind of helped me grow my fan base a bit. And then when I t- when I stopped doing that and I actually started paying attention to like the composition and like, you know, actually making these records that I could be proud of, my fr- my my fans transferred over and they they adapted to what I was doing. They're like, "Oh, okay, this is even cooler." <laughs> That's really cool, man. I, I yeah. love that as an origin story. That's really cool. And so does that come up to uh, your release as Zach Fluids or were you always known as Zach Fluids during this time? 
I was the whole time I was going under the, the Zach Fluids moniker, and I just changed to Isaac Zale uh, last year, twenty twenty. Real yeah. quick, okay. So, so for about tenish years, you were running under Zach Fluids. Yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy, yeah. dude. I still like even now. If you search Zach Fluids in Spotify, like Isaac Zale will pop up because like, yeah, the metadata sure. is so intertwined. And then even on your most of your Isaac Zale stuff, you have formerly known as Zach Fluids as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I guess that was the name that really. Um, I, I did a lot with that name. So transferring no doubt, yeah. over was. It was kind of scary because I was like, oh, I'm going to lose all the momentum that I'm building. Because that was right when I started, like, getting sure. some actual momentum, too. And I was like, you yeah. know what? I see it happening now. I can't stand this name. I don't want to have to do <laughs> this. <laughs> I don't want to go under this forever. So That's fair. So so would, would it be safe to say that when you released Vault under Zach Fluids that you were already kind of considering what name you wanted to move on to? Uh, I would say it happened pretty quick. Like, I guess I was just young and I wasn't really thinking as about the name and the overall packaging of my product. And, and I sure. didn't realize that the name, the name is kind of the first thing people see. And it got to a point where I was just unhappy with it. I felt like it was immature and resembled just a younger version of myself that, I don't know, I feel like nobody really looks back at their younger versions of themselves and they're like, oh yeah, that's that, that's that guy right there. Interesting. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not the person I was when I came up with the name. So why would I, why would I subject myself to a full career of, being displayed by a name that I don't even resonate with. That's fair, man. And so would you say the so the three projects I can see under under the name Zach Fluids, uh Vault, Vault Two and Music to Drown Two, would you say those kind of uh resemble that same kind of thought process that you have with Zach Fluids? Yeah, yeah. Like when I when I made the change, I didn't necessarily want to change um my musical style, even though that did kind of happen. But um I just wanted to change the name because phonetically, I thought it sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Like even just saying it on bars every now and then or yeah, like trying to, trying yeah. to write lines to it? Okay. I just thought it was so cringy. I was like, oh, it's this shit-ass name. You just needed to shed that skin and <laughs> grow into the shoes that I've, Isaac yeah. Zale can now fill. Yeah, you know what it was, bro? It, it, it reminded me, nothing against battle rappers, but it reminded me <laughs> of a battle rapper. And I was like, that's not the type of music I make. That's not the type of music I want to make. Hey, like a, like a specific battle rapper or like Zach no. Fluids belongs as a battle rapper? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay, it, I it, feel that. It makes me feel like it belongs in the realm of, of battle rapping. Okay. <laughs> Which I that's... can't do. I can't even freestyle, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I was going to ask about your your weekly releases. Were they just kind of like freestyles that you just put on paper and kind of forced out? Or were they, yeah, they things were, that you actually took an artistic approach to? They were all written. All written. All written. Okay. That's, yeah. that's sick, man. That's Anytime sick. I try to freestyle, I, I'm actual ass. Like my producer who doesn't even rap can freestyle better than me. Hey, <laughs> do, you, do you think there's a reason for that? Do you ever want to get good at freestyling? I think the reason is that I've always seen like, I guess, songwriting as songwriting and not necessarily yeah. just like coming up with like a witty punchline in the moment for like, you know, I see what you're saying. Something which that ends up being clever or smart. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of value in that too, but I, I've never really, I've never really put emphasis on that because I, I just genuinely don't care too much. Honestly, like I would rather, I would rather sit down and like read a ly lyrics or listen to a song with someone who has like carefully crafted what they want to say to me as opposed to just like, Oh shit, he caught that punchline in the moment. Like it's really cool, but it doesn't do the same thing for me. I see what you're saying. So maybe maybe there's kind of a difference in the artist who will write a whole bunch of lines that'll maybe fly over the majority of their listener's head, which is yeah. different to the approach that you're trying to take. Yeah, like I've always 
not always, but as of late, I've, I've put a lot of emphasis on the composition. Like, that's the most important thing to me. Composition as in terms of the, the like, melodies and stuff? The, like, I guess the overall songwriting, like, the arrangement of okay. the beat, the writing of the yeah. lyrics, like, just how the, the overall song ends up. Because okay. I feel like that's, you know, that's the piece that lives on. You know, that's the piece you can go back and replay. Dude, you're bringing me back to like music class in like grade six, where I remember just listening (laughs) to like, like symphonies and stuff when we were talking about like the old school original music where they'd have kind of like a climax or like they'd have emotion in the entire, like entire length of the track that suits where you are in the track. Exactly. Exactly. Like I've always seen music as super cinematic and ethereal and just kind of like um, the idea of just building a world around whatever, you know project you're working on or song you're making yeah whatever emotion you're trying to put out yeah exactly exactly that's cool man well we'll take that first quick break i told you about and we'll get right back to it yeah for sure easy and we are going to listen to a track by isaac zale this one is called lifted up enjoy Yeah, ayy, and I came in with the ocean Pop a millennium potion Feel like it's 30 below shit Baby, I'm sick of the voices Shawty get covered in lotion Ready to get the explosion And city gets bitches a poison My bitty get ten and she knows it She just got the skirt so she can I'm finna party like Moses And I came in with Orisha Two of them looking like Olsen's And I just up my devotion I keep a spell in the cauldron Going with the bread like it's toasted Come with a stick and a scope in I'm in an S430 in motion My nigga, you bet I'm the owner I need that head and consultant Baby, will you be a donor? I'm off the tree, I'm a stoner I'm always rolling alone, I'm a loner She finna give me a boner Send me the nudies and tell me come over Homies been claiming they see shit Popping my 30 gift beam, bitch Trying to get closer to Jesus Tell him his book is a fable It's Italian and stuck in the stable Italian blood in my navel I'm Julie Caesar, so stay low I think my boo is an angel Did you know Gucci make halos? Pay me on top of the table I need the bread even if it's a day old I'm in the caramel on Lalo She got a punk and remind me of J-Lo Gotta keep three in the stable How in the fuck are you keeping it stable? I'm always willing and able Can't trust no one, can't kill Abel you only concern with Alfredo, do what you straight, I don't come at an angle. All that I've been through, painful, you probably do anything for a label. All that I've been through, made through, self-made deal, ain't nobody make you. Uh. Yeah. 
What is good, everyone? I'm back with Isaac Zale. Isaac Zale, how you doing, brother? I'm great, bro. Great, homie. Great, great. Good to hear. Uh, just uh, what we were talking about before with your, your your practicing and mixing and mastering and getting up to that point and doing those weekly releases so that you can get up to uh, kind of the point you are at today. What mm-hmm. uh, where, where did you find you learned the most? I know experience is the best teacher, but where did you learn the most otherwise, like outside of oh, just practicing yourself? YouTube. YouTube, YouTube? tutorials. <laughs> Actually? Bro, I literally, everything I know is either from YouTube tutorials or... Um, I would read interviews with with engineers that I really looked up to, like hey. like Derek Ali or Alex Tomei. Just kind and, of get in their minds. Yeah, and I would I would look at their little tricks and the things that they did, and um, just just putting that into practice, you kind of start to develop your own engineering style, and you start to become really comfortable with it, and um, the pieces kind of fall fall into place after you do it for so long. Word. Do you feel like there was any like big clicks along the way or it's all kind of just a bunch of small, gradual uh, increases oh, yeah. in performance? Um, in, in regards to like in regards rapping to engineering. or engineering? Well, let's say as the, cause, cause you have so many hats. What, what, what would you say your best talent is? Or do you kind of full um, package it? I would say full package it. I feel like if I had to say what my best talent is, it, it would be, it would be making a song, like everything that comes along with making a song. So, so like creative direction. Yeah, I guess. I don't just, know if that's the right word to encompass it all, but it sounds. Yeah, like it. I wouldn't. I, I don't want to necessarily say songwriting, but I just want to say yeah. song song making, like writing the song, recording the song. Yeah, mixing. And is the that song, because you've made song. the best progress or the most progress in it, or is that just kind of the way you meet, feel the most pride in your work? That's just well, for me, it, it came from a place where studio sessions were expensive, engineers were expensive. Word. I didn't have any money yeah. when I was a kid, I so I was you. like, you know what, I'm gonna work my barista job until I have enough money to have equipment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I just bought the equipment and knowledge is free. So I invested in my time and, um, I learned, so I, I had the equipment and then I just, the only thing I needed was the knowledge and I, I spent my time to, you know, obtain the knowledge of and course. then I knew what I was doing. But the biggest click for me, bro, was I got a new compressor. The second I got a new vocal compressor, I was like, Oh no shit, way. here we go. That changed the talking. game. Like changed the game for me. I was like, "Holy shit, is this really all it takes?" I've never heard of that before. <laughs> just so, it, literally, just to get your vocals uh, on the right like dynamics levels was a game changer yeah. for you. Yeah, no at least shit. for me, because I've I always, I've always had a like when I was younger, learning how to engineer. I've always had a hard time getting the vocal to fit in in the pocket of the song the way that I wanted to. Yeah, and then I just one day I was like, "Yo, this is enough. Like, I I have to do something." So I bought a whole bunch of compressors and. I started doing serial compression where I'll, I'll use maybe two compressors and instead of just, you know, putting all of the load onto one compressor and doing a, a huge gain reduction on one, I split the load onto multiple compressors and I got different characters out of each. And uh, I just played with it so long that I finally found, you know, just the right plugins and the right compressors that complement my voice. Yeah. And the second that I did that, like... I adjusted all the other plugins around it. I adjusted everything around that. And I kind of found my, I guess, my vibe. Man, how did you build the kind of discipline and patience it takes to even get to that level where you're going to try <laughs> all these different options? I've I've been like that, bro. Because I know, I know there must be sessions where you're sitting there for like hours and you're like, I don't know. Me personally, I know there's sessions I sit there for hours and then I kind of not get sick of it, but I definitely lose that motivation. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one thing, like, I've always really been like that. Like, I, I, I won't, I won't allow myself to walk away from something. And, you know, sometimes it's a bad thing, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just won't I allow it. I can see how it would be. Yeah. I just won't allow it. Like, even if it seems hard or even like, you know, it seems like it might not be the best decision for me in the moment health wise, I'm still going to do it. Cause at the end of the day, I told myself I was going to do this shit. So I'm going to do it. And it's that, it's that same thing where you don't want to know what life would be like if you didn't do it. Yeah. And also it's just, it's just the principle of commitment, right? Like I committed to this, I'm going to do it. And even as a kid, like I did MMA as a kid Yo. and I hated it, but um, <laughs> I did it every single day. Yeah. Every single day. Who and got you, who got you into the, the octagon or the ring? My dad, my dad Your really dad, loved it. Yeah. And you know, and at, at, at the time I was like, ah, oh, like I hate this. Like, I, I don't know why like <laughs> I have to do this. But then the more I just like realized, like, you know what, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about the fact that I've, I have committed to this and I'm going to become good at it. And that was kind of a lesson for me. And I learned that when I was really young, like I started that shit when I was about 10. Ooh. And that's something that I, I, I definitely, um, you know, maybe I resented my dad for a bit about it. But In the time or like at even the time, shortly after? At the time. But then yeah. the more I realized, like he wasn't, he wasn't doing this because he wanted me to be a fucking like you know gsp or some like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. ufc fighter he was doing it because he wanted to teach me diligence and you know at the end of the day wow. i did i did become good and then i was like oh shit now i have these skills but above all that i had i had the skill of work ethic and you know drive and understanding that that quitting quitting is not is not going to bring me to where i want to be in life yeah. And that if you put in the, the time and effort and put in the hours that it's not necessarily success is guaranteed, but progress that yeah. for sure is fucking guaranteed. And, and also sometimes in life, like you have to do things that you may not like, but there's a reason for that. And you may not understand it at the time. Like I never understood why, why I was doing MMA. I was like, I don't like this. I'm not a fighter. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And then I realized like, it's not about that. It's not about the act of what I'm doing. It's about it's about the fact that I'm not going to give up. That's interesting, man. So so where do you feel like these kind of like directions that you're given or or like these paths that you're taking come from then? Like these urges to go in these certain directions? Is it kind of like a universal flow? I know I know you've got a, a few religious themes in your music, so maybe we'll touch mm. on that. Um, well, okay. Well, religious Maybe not religious um, is the poor word to say, but you've got some biblical references. Yeah, some, which is some funny talks to God. I'm not I'm not very religious, but I was born in like an Italian household, so okay. my yeah, yeah. Um, my grandparents were very religious, and I was like raised around it. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, and like I, they're they're straight Italian grandparent, type like straight of from Italy. Yo, yeah, okay, yeah, so right like, by the Vatican. Yeah, so like I'll go to my <laughs> I'll go to my nonna's house, and she has like these like Jesus cloths with it, just knitted Yo. knitted by herself. I was like, yeah, and I always give her a hard time too. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, who's that guy? She's like, ah, <laughs> disgraciat. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. That's hilarious, it's, man. It's funny, it's funny. So is that where a lot of your references kind of stem from? Not necessarily your own direct connection, but kind of just the... Yeah, yeah, just that. Collateral. And also, yeah. like, um, I did read the Bible just because I was bored. But yeah. um, I just see it as a bunch of metaphors. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with much of anything in it, honestly. Okay, fair. But um, I just thought it, it was it, interesting. In terms of you saying, like, if you, the things that you're doing, there's no point in kind of, like, fighting with it. You just got to do it. So it's almost like a everything happens for a reason type uh, mentality. I think, yeah, that, but I think everything happens 
to teach you discipline. And I think above everything above, though, like everything, everything. Well, I guess in respect to my own story. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. All we can do is re- reference our own. Yeah. Stories, that's what I but, thought we were talking about. Yeah. But, but, um, are you talking but about do you like think universally? It could be for, yeah. I'm, well, I, I don't know what, really what I'm getting at here. I'm trying to like <laughs> pick out points from the music as well as trying to relate it to the conversation. Before. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'd say universally, like there's, there's certain things that absolutely should not happen. And they, they, they are just tragedies at the end of the day. Of course. But certain things, like, I mean, like, you know, I, I, the, the most I what can... About even, what about even your tragedies, bro? For me, I, I, there are things that, like, at the end of the day, I still, I still don't understand why, why have happened and why they yeah. needed to happen. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying that they happen for a reason, but I'm saying I like to believe that they do. Okay, I see what you're saying. For my own sanity. Yeah. It's better to believe kind of in that line than to... Yeah, because at the end of the day, what am I supposed to do? Like For real. You know, like, fuck, just just, just mourn or grieve over, over like, certain things, certain people Straight. who have passed. Like, I'm not going to, um, you know, there's nothing that could really justify a certain tragedy. Like, there's, there's really no reason that it could have happened. But at least for me and the way I would like to frame it is, like, something has to come out of this. I feel you. Yeah. And that, that almost goes back to the, uh, the, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Cause you don't want to see, you don't want to live a life where it, like a, what could have been type style. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I see the parallel there. That's really yeah. cool, man. Let, let's talk about Burgundy soul a little bit. So this is, yeah. a, this is a record label or a group that you started yeah. with, yeah, with well, some of the homies. Yeah. Yeah. It started off as a collective with me and, yeah. um, well, I, I founded it and, um, I was working with my buddy who was producing for me at the time. Um, and then I just recruited my friends because they were all interested in the same thing. They're all interested in creating and music. Like friends, friends from the beginning when you were doing music at an early age, or like kind of yeah. friends you met along the way. Okay, sick. Yeah, no, like like my day ones. Yo, yeah, that's unreal to have that circle from the beginning, man. And then yeah. to this day. Yeah, I will say it's it's getting smaller, but <laughs> oh, the ones dude. the ones the who are still progression. in it. Yeah. yeah, the ones who are still in it, like I love them to death. So. That's weird, bro. So when did you start Burgundy Soul? 16. 16? Oh, shit. Okay, here I was thinking uh, the transition to Isaac Zale and, and Burgundy Soul kind of happened along the same time. <laughs> no, no. So I what started was, that. What were your thoughts when you were starting Burgundy Soul, sorry? Um, my thoughts were... Like, what did you want to do? I wanted to... Well, I mean, as a kid, I always had like a bit of a business sense to me. So I thought... I was thinking in the long term. I'm like, I need to make a business. I need to make like an LLC um, just in the future for like you know, maybe tax purposes or whatever. And I always <laughs> Yo, like, I feel that. I feel that. Um, what if I could just start this collective now and then morph it into a business in the future so then I can give all my homies like salaries and shit like that. Okay. And that was so, kind of like my goal for it. Yeah. It and also just putting the door with bigger prospects. Yeah. And just to give my friends and the people around me like a sense of a home or like a belonging in, in a movement. So that's kind of why I started the collective. So you're kind of identifying around you these people that are on the same wave or like similar journey to you and you wanted to figure out how to like utilize that energy to its best potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. cool man. So uh, what do you see that uh, turning from into today versus what it used to be uh, five years ago? Um, because because you goal... said it started as a collective and now I, I, I would refer to it as kind of like a record label, it seems from yeah. my perspective. Well, that's actually my goal with it. Like I want to... I want to well, keep working on myself to the point where I can branch out and, you know, fully realize Burgundy Soul. But of um, once I get to a point where I have the, le- the leverage that I want to have, I'll start signing people to, to Burgundy Soul. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Those are, we those also, 
big prospects, man. Yeah. We also offer like production services, mixing and mastering services. Like we do a lot of things out of it. Is that something that you find Vancouver uh, is thriving on in general? Or do you think that's because of the internet, it's more of kind of just you, you've got the access, uh, you've got the connections, time to make some money off of it from a different angle? Oh, definitely the internet. <laughs> the internet? Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking because what we were talking about earlier as well with Toronto being one of the main scenes, Vancouver, yeah. in my in my mind, Vancouver is secondary, almost yep. catching up to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on the scene there. In Vancouver? In Vancouver, yeah. I think it's great, man. Like, I think the artists that are coming out of Vancouver now are incredible. Um, How about participating in the scene from the perspective of an artist? Or maybe not like what it was now, but let's say when we could actually participate in the scene. It was cool. It was cool. I will say um, the one thing that I learned even from moving to Toronto was it it doesn't really matter like where where exactly you are like yo if I have my computer and I have some Wi Fi I could make a career yo if you're willing to put in that work and especially because you have <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I mean I'm absolutely very, I'm very grateful to be from Vancouver too I love this city I think it's great all of my peers and like fellow musicians are amazing. Yeah. Did you have that realization when you were in Toronto that you didn't actually need to be anywhere specific? That That's exactly where I realized it. Cause I was like, hey. I mean, it did help me to be in Toronto cause I made some connections there that I are still very important to me, but I don't think I had to stay there for two years. I could have went there for a week. Hey, so it was almost like a, almost like a field trip for your learning, all that learning that you did at <laughs> yeah. home. Yeah, hey, and it sick. also was just—it wasn't very good for the mental space either, just to be alone in such a gloomy city. Is like, it uh, like that? Um, I guess if you're an outsider, eh? Maybe just the the mindset that I was in, and maybe just the place I was with myself. Okay. I was already—I kind of went there. Well, dude, to do that at, at at a pretty young age, I'd say eighteen. So. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was just—it well, was—it was—it was a dark time for me. But if I didn't—if I didn't do that, I don't think—I don't think I would have anything to rap about. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, man. Well, do you have uh, we're reaching our overtime here. Do you have any tips for uh, actually, well, how do I want to end this? What moves in your career would you say open the most doors for you? Um, I think when I when I collaborated with Mick Jenkins and Code of the okay, Friend. Okay, so the, the big collabs. Yeah, and um, this one's not out yet, but I have one with Smoke Perp. Oh, hey, yeah. dude. Yeah. So how did you work up to getting these collabs that are, these are big names, man. <laughs> Thanks, what, yeah. what were the steps? What were the steps? Obviously, other than working on your craft and putting yourself out there, were there any like kind of key moves that you're like, right, yeah. these were the, these were the treasure trails to get to this. Um, I think the one thing is just to be consistent and focus on your own fan base. But also if you can, if you can find a team, like a management team or like certain A&Rs or certain, you know, people in the industry who truly believe in you and want to mentor you, they they can help you a lot with certain things like that because they have the connections to these artists. They can they can link you with these artists. And like when it comes to features, that was that was really important to me because I had a co-sign from someone in the industry that you know is pretty is pretty well known, is pretty respected, and they were able to help me with that. Amazing, man! I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, brother. Is there anything thank you want to say for the sign off uh, to anyone who's listening? Yeah, collab album with Chewy called Think hey. Good Thoughts drops. On the 30th, 30th of April. Beauty. What, how many tracks are we looking at? <laughs> Nine tracks. Nine tracks. Nine Second. tracks. What, uh, what type of project is this? It's a, so it's a joint tape. So Chewy's, Chewy's, like, Chewy's one of those artists that I've been listening to since I was like a kid. And like I've always really looked up to the dude. Yeah. And um, he, he was on my debut album on the song Oracle. And then I just tweeted after the album dropped. I was like, this is my favorite song on the album. 
And he replied to the tweet. He's like, we should make an EP. So <laughs> I texted him. I'm like, we should make an album. <laughs> Yo. And then we just did. Easy. So That's it's like a rap sick, album. Man. All right, all right. I'm looking forward to it, man. And I got to say, I got to be honest, I never got a chance to, to fanboy over your music yet. But dude, you <laughs> like, I think I was messaging you. I was like, yo, your early content's good, man. I want to dig more into this before the interview. But Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I tried to say it enough, dude. Your your skills have come up to a point that obviously practice has made clear. Our, yeah. uh, dude, you're, you're, you're fucking sick. Let's put it Thank that you, way. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Of course, that. man. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me today, yeah. brother. Thank Isaac you for having Zaya. me. Yeah, Thank of you. course. All right. Take care, homie. All right, bro. Peace. We were going to cut the interview there, but we kept chatting off the record and instead decided to go for a third round. Isaac Zale to me represents the determination and diligence I wish I showed my music not just years ago, but even to this day. I have no idea why this is the case, but for some reason I found other activities or habits to participate in that weren't beneficial to progress or to building my character. The strangest thing is that at the time I knew that what I was doing was detrimental. I knew that conversely putting in the practice would have led to me having beefier skills and the collateral benefits. This interview has inspired me because one thing I know for sure is that it's not too late. But it is absolutely a fact that if the work is put in, the results are guaranteed. And the same goes for self-destruction. I know that's a serious statement, but that's hip-hop, baby. Round three, Isaac Zale. Let's get it. I don't know how I'll edit it in. I'll figure it out in the future. But let's just let's just keep going with that chat that we were having. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. So off the record, we were talking about what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about. Uh, I was asking you if you got love for the the Van- Vancouver scene. If you think that uh, Vancouver's success is something to to look forward to, yeah, to look for and help towards. Absolutely. Like like I was saying um, when we stopped recording, um, I definitely got love for the city. But more importantly, I have I have love for my friends, my peers who are also making music and regardless of where they are from and like whether, whether or not they're from Vancouver, I want to see them succeed. I want to see them, I want to see them become successful. And and even if that means they become successful before me, I just want to see it happen for them. For sure, man. Well, to me, hip hop is still the most influential genre. I'm pretty sure it's still the most profitable as well. I I think I could be wrong, but do, do you think that like Canadian hip hop also has to take that that view on the pedestal, and that's that should be something we should be working towards building. Or what do you think? Or even as just an individual artist, where do you think you can have the most impact? Um, I know that was like five questions in one. But. <laughs> which, which, which can you repeat the question? I don't know. I, I was, that, that's fair, dude. I kind of went on a tangent. I, I was saying, as far as like kind of Vancouver hip hop goes, yeah. or like building even the Canadian hip hop scene, yeah. what, what do you think is more important? And where do you think, as an individual artist, that you can have the most impact? I don't think it's a geographical thing, bro. No? I think it's. I think it's. Um... See, but people have pride. Like, oh, yo, like you even said off the record, they're one of the reasons you accepted this interview. Always oh, <laughs> the Canadian flag in the in the bio. Yeah, I mean. I won't say, um, I think it was the fact that you were a Canadian publication and I know, um, you know, maybe in comparison to the music scene in America or hip hop at large, um, Western Canada specifically is kind of, um, neglected a bit. So I saw, I saw that you were a publication and you had the Canadian flag and you asked me to interview and I just thought it would, it would be cool. It'd be cool to talk to someone, you know, and just like. Do Western Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you think it's more important to kind of to get Western Canada or even, even let's say the rest of Canada to catch up to the hotter spots? Yeah. It's, it's tricky because like Canada as a whole sure is not necessarily like too, too known for hip hop or, 
or the music scene. But Word. at the same time, if you look at the biggest artists in the game right now, Drake, Weekend, Bieber, they're all Canadian. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of like, is it is it is Canada truly like dismissed? Because if you look at the charts, it doesn't seem to be that way. Do you think that's because those certain art, artists are hard to ignore? Because I almost seem in a sense like people are shining the spotlight away from us. Um, Feel no. free to disagree with me. I don't, I don't think people are, I don't think it's intentional, you know? I think, I think if we go back to like, like the, the talk about infrastructure, I, don't, I just think, Yo. I just think there's so many cities in, in the States that actually have the infrastructure for the music industry, like New York, Atlanta, okay. Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. LA. Um, even even like Florida, that's not a city, <laughs> like Miami or whatever. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's just so many hot spots for music in the states, so that may over, you know, that might just shine a little bit brighter than the one hot spot that we have, which is Toronto. Now, does that mean more of like an active scene, or kind of just more uh, bigger connections in 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 Canada or in the states? In states that like the, um, the infrastructure that we're talking about is like literal kind of like buildings and like recording studios, or is it kind of just like, like more fans and more, uh, more big names that can get to other people's names, like kind of no, worldwide? Because I think the thing about fans is, is you could be literally anywhere and you could, you could, you could get people to fuck with you That's true. because it's, it's, it's like the internet, right? Like if I really wanted to, I could start a YouTube channel and start like, you know, vlogging or doing reaction videos yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And get and fans. casually blow up that way, yeah. Yeah, but I think when I say infrastructure for the music scene, I don't necessarily mean like recording studios and things like that. I mean the people, the important people to know, the 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 the, the great labels, like okay. the great A and R's, like they're yeah, they tend to be in America. I see what you're saying. So do you think we should bring kind of that attention here, or we should create it here? Mm, I I think it's on. I think it's on the right path because. Yeah. I know a lot of um, very important music people who who are American, who are, you know, they're looking past the border. They're starting to sign kids up here. So I okay. think it's happening. Interesting. So do you think as an artist, it's more important to just kind of keep on doing what you're doing, building your craft and, and honing your skills? Or do you think that there's any effort people should be putting into to kind of creating that infrastructure instead of uh, trying to be looked out for? Personally, as an artist, I think, I think the only thing that an artist can stress about is the quality of the art. Okay. And, you know, maybe the people around them, like who don't necessarily make music, but have passion for the music industry, they could maybe focus on building the infrastructure or, you know, doing things like helping the scene uh, flourish as opposed to putting the, the, uh, the pressure onto the artist who is already, you know, running themselves pretty thin with the creating of the music. I think it would Word, be a collective bro. thing, right? Like I, I think the artists, the artists have to, the artists have to make sure the product that they make is, is immaculate. Yeah. And the people around them that want to see them succeed and be part of the team, maybe they should be the ones who kind of focus on the infrastructure and the business side of it. Man, that makes so much sense. You know, at least, yeah. at least for me, like, at the I, end of the I, day, I don't, I don't know that much. <laughs> I'm just chilling. <laughs> like, I, you I just literally, know what you've seen. Yeah. Like, I've never even recorded a song in a studio. I just do everything from my basement. So hey, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more or less about not even just like, it's not necessarily getting the team that already has the skills, but inspiring kind of the team that you have to develop those skills that would kind of benefit, be yeah. mutually beneficial. I think so. I think that that's very important. So it's it's kind of like, and that's sort of kind of the goal that you're having with uh, Burgundy Soul there. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly. That's actually why I brought it up because like I got, 
like my buddy Gavin, he's in Burgundy Soul. He doesn't yeah. make music. He doesn't make beats. But he's he's got the, the heart and the passion that, like, it's very hard to find. And I know he has it. So I, I told him, like, he should, he's the perfect example of someone who should, you know, channel that passion into maybe the business end of the music industry. Okay. Because there are a lot of people like that who don't necessarily have musical talent, but that doesn't mean they can't be successful in the music industry. Yeah, they have uh, other knowledge that can relate and overlap. Yeah. Yeah. I think I find that really interesting, man, because I think that's one of the biggest obstacles a lot of artists face is to find that manager who I feel like it's really hard to find that person who wants to be a music manager and make them a music manager. You kind of got to yeah. inspire someone who's got management abilities to kind of take on that role. Yeah, like I got really lucky with my manager. Like he hit me up when I was making YouTube videos like when I was a kid oh, and hey. he was working for some blog. But now he's like the artist relations manager at Genius. And he like, he popped off with his career at the same time I was starting to build some momentum. So it just worked out well and I got lucky. Yeah. But um, for kids who maybe aren't experiencing that right place, right time situation that I did, just, just tell one of your friends, like, hey man, you're passionate about this, learn this shit. Yo, yo, this guy says lucky after years of practice though. You're hilarious. <laughs> okay. I, maybe it's fate. <laughs> Yo, fate. Well, time and what is it? Practice and patience meets or opportunity. Fuck. Do you know the quote I'm trying to say? I always fuck these quotes up on live. (laughs) It's uh, luck is when uh, practice meets opportunity. I think that's it. Yeah, there you go. You want to know know a dope quote that I I, I just found? Let's hit it. Uh, Live, laugh, love. What do you mean you just found it? Yo, this is what's changing my life right now. This shit is the deepest shit I've ever heard in my life, bro. Bro, you you heard of eat, eat, pray, eat, pray, love, or whatever the fuck that one? I've heard of that. I don't know what it is, though. (laughs) I think it's a movie. Oh, Oh, well, I feel like that's something my mom would watch. Eat, pray, love? Dude, that's, that's Kate. I got another question for you about the value of Facebook, just bringing up moms, because I had a oh buddy who told me that the, the reason anybody, or the only reason anyone would use Facebook, there is not really a reason. It's because it's just everybody's moms that's on it. So as, yeah. as far as social media platforms go and kind of like using it as an avenue for your music, how valuable is Facebook? What do you find the most valuable? Oh, dude, I actually haven't, I haven't even logged into Facebook in a year. Hey, so you abandoned it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would use Facebook for. Maybe if I was into like MILFs or something. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I would use Facebook for. I like how you're saying saying it like it's still possible in the future. (laughs) Maybe that door will open. No, no, no. So what do you use as your main social media goals? Just Instagram, Twitter. And you just use it casually, eh? Yeah. You don't kind of use it for like pressure marketing or anything? No, no, no. If anything, like I'll, I'll play around on TikTok. I'm like, I don't really take it too seriously. Yeah, but um, it's more more just for fun. Yeah, yeah. My main, I guess, my main social media would be my Spotify, which is not even really social media. But if I want to say something, I'll put it on a song, and then like my followers there will just listen to it. Yeah. Oh, in that regard, man, where do you, when it comes to song creation, where do you find you spend the most of your time? Let's say you're like fully producing, mixing, mastering, writing top to bottom a single track. Where where does the majority of the pie go to? I would say the majority would be getting the the recordings to sound as good as I want them to. Really? Yeah, because I'm no, really no one take Drake. Um, no, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. Because for me, um, I've always had like a really strong sense of rhythm. Yeah. And if if a syllable is like I don't know off time by like a little bit or like out of pocket a bit, like 
I'll hear it and it'll drive me crazy. And I'll be like, no, like this has to be right in the pocket. And like, I I usually use a lot of syllables, so it can be a little bit tricky. And even if I get it in right away, like there's certain things like I'll I'll re-listen to my performance and I'm like, I only have one chance to put this song out. I want to make sure my performance is, is better than what I imagined it to be in my head. I like that, man. So do you do kind of like 10 takes and then check them all over? Or do you do a few well, and then kind of redo them as you no, need to? No, like, so what I'll do is I'll actually do one take. Okay. And then I'll I'll print out a bounce of the song and then I'll listen to the song for a few days. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do it again. Because I know I found for me, like when I, when I listen to a demo of this song, my brain kind of naturally becomes familiar with the rhythm. Yo. And it becomes like kind of like, I guess subconscious to the point where when I go back and I re-record it, it's so much more natural. It's less stiff. I see what you're saying. You know, like kind of those exact differences in inflections and enunciation that you need to hear. That's cool, man. That's cool. And do you think that's also years of practice or do you think that's just like a a personal trait? I think it's a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that speaks to me as like, oh, because, because you've obviously got skills that you've honed for years and years. And then you've got these talents that just, it just feels kind of like natural to you, almost like they're like additional limbs, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they're traits that I think a lot of artists, I don't know if you can say you can work towards certain things like that, but they're definitely something to kind of aspire up to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're a dude. Well, for thank sure. you for going round three with me, bro. We got we should we should cut it here because yeah, my produ- yeah, my yeah. production time is like four minutes per one minute of recording. Yeah, yeah. sounds good, bro. Sounds good. <laughs> but yo, mad respect to the amount of effort. Like I, I learned a lot from you that I think is super valuable, and I hope I uh, hope everyone else did as well. Especially in that last thing you just said about where you spend the most time and you're in actually recording, dude. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and the engineering, definitely. And the engineering. Well, yeah. the thing about the recording thing, though, is that a lot of people think that you just got to get the recording pretty decent and then the audio engineer can figure it out. Yeah, I hate that, bro. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> especially wearing all the hats. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, homie, thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah, I really man. appreciate it. Yeah, uh, man. Sure Thanks we'll for having touch. me. Yeah, of course. For sure. Okay, take it easy. All right, bro. See you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Isaac Zale. If you want to learn a little bit more about him, head on down to www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash Isaac Zale. And we are going to finish off with another track by him. This one is called Ziploc. I hope you enjoy and take care. About an ounce in a ziplock, ah, leave a bitch boy pissed off. Pitch posh, get your shotty sitting crisscross. This guy think I'm clutching on my crystals. Big rocks, and I'm not out here to flip none. Deep pockets, I empty with my bitch one. Wrist rush, look at shiny when I drip drop. Big dog, never run it when a bitch play. Shit, God, think I'm clutched on a crystal. Big rocks, and I'm not out here to flip none. Anymore, paranoid, keep the pistol. Fuck it, then I dress and the kid go big ghost. Yeah, whole world in a limbo. Shit, bro, I'm a dip when she give bro. Never will I ever stick round through the fiscal. Said she wanna dance, do I look like a disco? I got about an ounce in a ziplock. Ah, leave a bitch boy pissed off. Pitch posh, get your shotty sitting crisscross. This guy think I'm clutching on my crystal. Big rocks, and I'm not out here to flip none. Deep pockets, I empty with my bitch one. Wrist rush, like a shiny when I drip drop. Big dog, never run it when a bitch fly. I got a whole lot in a ziplock. We don't stop. Man, these niggas on pit stop. She need cock. Big homie, she a big thot. TV off. All she wanna do is TikTok. Auto mark. All she wanted was a big watch. Auto bond. All 
All she wanna do is switch cars, CB4 Fake niggas got me pissed off anymore Paranoid, need a piss off San Andreas, her big brother let the clip off Fuck you too, her phone call got me pissed off Fuck you too, I slide by, she get flipped off Shut your trap or you gon' run your damn lips off I got about an ounce in a Ziploc I leave a bitch boy pissed off Pitch posh, got your shawty sitting crisscross This guy think I'm clutching on my crystals Big rocks and I'm not out here to flip none Deep pockets, I empty with my bitch one Wrist rush, look at shiny when I drip drop Big dog, never running when I'm piss bark Big dog never running when I'm busy. 